Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Big Nasty. Yeah, Big Nasty. Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstock, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! You know what I just realized? You know what I just realized Whoop. that whole time, James? What's that? That my microphone was off. <laughs> I'm sure. And I'm sure that the four people in the live chat were losing their minds. Thank you guys for being here. King Jalen, Emily Kampa, Carter Walker, Jason Guerra, and anybody else that I may have missed. Um, in the midst of my rambling that you did not hear, I was just saying, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast, live on YouTube today for episode 221. I'm your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Join alongside me, usually, is uh, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. But just like the topic of today's video, Chris Godwin, Evan Wanish, is a game-time decision. Uh, so it seems like he, he may or may not be at the watch party this Sunday, November 14th, with our friends at Berry House Beer Company. He had mentioned something, James, to you and I about like picking him up this week, but I, I don't have any plans on uh, on picking him up. So if if that's the situation, then I guess he's just not going to be there. You know, it's it's I'm always waiting for my opportunities, right? Next you know, man next up. man up, yeah, next man up mentality is a real thing, you know. Um, and you know, it's all I can do, man, you know, we get ready in practice, you know, got to get ready for the game, uh, you know, to get that call. You know that you're getting told that you're a starter. Yeah. Uh, hey, you know, it's whatever guy wants, right? It's whatever guy wants. So, uh, yeah, I'm ready. You know, I think I'm ready. You know, know the playbook, you know, we got, got, we got a really great team here. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see though. We'll see what's going on with Evan. Support for the Cannon Fire podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at betonline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And of course, they've always got the online casino, which never closes. So head over to BetOnline.ag today to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Once again, BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. Let's go ahead and just get right into things. I, I believe I gave you an introduction, but if not, I'm going to give you another one really quickly. Filling in for the Philly Bucks fan himself, our good buddy James Hill, a.k.a. Mr. Bucks Nation, the honorary third member of the show. And just like you said, next man up mentality, my friend. That's yeah. what it's all about. So uh, let's go ahead and get into this. Some of the latest Buccaneer news since the last time we talked to you. The return of a couple of players, one of them, Sean Murphy Bunting. 
Now, uh, SMB and both Scotty Miller have an opportunity to come off of the IR this week. The news came out, I believe, a little bit before the Saints game that they entered the uh, probationary period, the 21-day period for IR. So basically, they can start to practice in a limited capacity. Um, And as far as we know right now, the final injury report for the week has come out. So we do have players who have been ruled out for this week's game. And we'll talk about that. But uh, Scotty Miller and Sean Murphy Bunting are not on that list. And from what I understand, there is still a chance that they could clear IR and be available before this Sunday's game, which would be a huge boost. But I mean, obviously, the first of these two names that you're going to look at is Sean Murphy Bunting. And uh, even if you don't get him back this week, it looks like he may be good to go for next week. And that's just a huge breath of fresh air for this uh, this beat up secondary. Yeah, they need it, man. They They really need it we've talked it's literally been the story of the season right just time it's just week in and week out it seems like a new cornerbacks coming in and then getting hurt right uh if sean murphy bunting isn't able to go it seems like richard sherman you know he'll be out there jamel dean will be out there pierre desir um d delaney right those are the four guys and one of the guys who was uh you know one of those reserve guys was ruled out this week richard robinson so he's definitely not going to be an option even worse he's placed on the ir yeah so i mean it's just even now the reserve guys are getting hurt so yeah the buccaneers really are kind of scraping the barrel for like the 10th time this year right in regards to their cornerback room getting a guy back like smb it's huge. It's so huge. It, it can't be stated enough how important that would be. Just getting healthy to the overall success of this team. And they've been doing good despite the injuries, I mean, you know? So they, imagine what. Yeah, they're definitely still winning football games. A six and two record is not very easy to come across. Right. And the fill in guys, I feel like have done a, a serviceable good job. And Ross Cockrell as well. I forgot about Ross Cockrell. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, imagine what this team can do once they're fully healthy. Right. And SMB is kind of one of the first guys who got hurt. So that's it's really good news. Right. Really good news. Apparently him and Scotty Miller have both looked really good, you know, practicing now during that practice period um, since they've been designated to return from the IR. So we'll see what happens, man. But at, at the very least, like you said, this is really good news for them to, if not play this week, you know, probably play next week. So great, great stuff there. Yeah. And some more names that are wrapped up in the injury news for Tampa Bay, Rob Gronkowski and Antonio Brown. It, it, both of those guys have been ruled out of this week's game against Washington. Now for AB, it's kind of that nagging foot injury that he's had. We heard about him being in a walking boot, I believe before the saints game. Well, he did not practice at all this week was not in a boot, but still didn't practice at all, so he was ruled out. And then, of course, Rob Gronkowski, more of the same with him. Still just trying to get him back to, I guess, a comfortable level. You know, B.A. came out and admitted that he probably shouldn't have played in uh, in the bit of the game that he did when he tried to come back a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, for both of those guys, it's clear that they're going to miss some time. But not to worry, the Bucks made a couple of moves this week. They signed a familiar face. Wide receiver Brashad Perryman has come back into the fold And uh, they also signed Lions tight end Darren Fells to the practice squad. I think they activated him for this week, and it really does seem like he's going to give it a go. But, you know, with both of those signings, I think it's pretty clear that Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski are are still a little farther away than we could have hoped. 
Yeah, you know, first let's talk about the injuries and then we'll talk about the guys coming in. Um, in the case of Brown, it's it's honestly kind of a flip from what we had seen, right? Because I remember I'd even made a video talking about this. Um, was Ian Rappaport came out right at the start of the Bucks bye week and it said, Oh, the Bucks expect Antonio Brown back after the bye week, right? That was the report from Ian Rappaport himself. I think a lot of people expected him back, even you know, after the first and only game he should have missed. We were we were all kind of under the assumption that you know he's not going to be 100% ready to go this week, so he'll be good to go when he's finally ready to go the week after that. And it's just been you know bad news ever since. Right. So, you know, I don't know if it's setbacks. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's bad, not bad expectations, but like wrong expectations by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't know what the situation is going on there, but regardless at the end of the day, yeah, Antonio Brown's missing a good chunk of time, not just recently, really throughout the whole year, he's missed, you know, stretches of time, right. Which is, you know, good that the Buccaneers have the depth they have at that wide receiver position, you know, because they're without guys like Scotty Miller. They're without guys like Antonio Brown. Um, so that calls for them relying more on Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, but it also calls for guys like Tyler Johnson, Jalen Darden, who they just drafted. Um, guys like that are going to have to step up. And I think we'll see that more in this game versus the Washington football team. But then also, um, you know, like you said, they're, they're still adding reinforcements, guys who are familiar with the uh, Bruce Arian-style offense that I want to talk about in a second. But, you know, going to Gronkowski, you know, similar thing, right? And I don't know, Rhett, is, is it like a – is it just like kind of like bad judgment on the Bucks coaching staff part here? Because, you know, if Rappaport's coming out and saying, oh, the Bucks expect Antonio Brown to be healthy after the bye week, they were wrong. Oh, the Bucks think Rob Gronkowski is good to go versus the, uh, you know, Saints, yeah. you know, before the bye week, they were wrong. So like, that's definitely a couple of interesting things, right? I mean, I kind of want your thoughts on that too. Cause like, is, is that just really bad judgment by the Buccaneers? I don't know, uh, medical staff, strength and conditioning staff, whatever well, it may be. I, I think when you're looking at a situation like that, it's always easy to, you know, hindsight's always 2020. So right. now that we've seen them go over two on guys, they thought were ready to go this season. It's easy to maybe make a judgment like that. But I, I think truthfully, you know, with some of these guys who it's, it's week to week, they're mm -hmm. only as ready as, you know, they look like they are when they're actually out there playing full speed contact football. So for a guy like Gronk, you know, it, it didn't shock me that maybe they thought he was more ready than he was because I was kind of surprised his injury kept him sidelined as long as it did. Like, I know, obviously, all the details came out and it was a gruesome injury. He had the punctured lung and the broken ribs and, you know, the whole shebang. So that that's everything that comes along with it. But I don't know if it was necessarily bad judgment. Like, I, I don't know if it was them maybe trying to rush him out there to play the Saints, right? Maybe use yeah. him as an extra facet in this offense. You know, I, I talked about on the uh, the game preview show that week where, you know, even though he might not be 100 percent, that's a guy that is still going to garner a lot of attention in the end zone. Or, you know, when the Bucks are in scoring position, that's Tom Brady's favorite target in the red zone. So obviously he's going to get some more attention. They could have used him to their advantage and he just wasn't ready to go. I don't think it's really anyone's fault. I just think he, he wasn't mm -hmm. ready to go. But I'll tell you 
what they can learn from this is that, you know, take it easy. Make sure this guy is 100% ready to go when the playoffs come around. Like, look at the rest of your schedule. Look at the big opponents that you have coming up. And then weigh out if you really need him by the time, I don't know, Buffalo comes to town or by the time that New Orleans comes to town. You know, are you really going to need him? What's this offense going to look like? Is Antonio Brown going to be good? Let's actually go ahead and transition and talk about Chris Godwin, by the way. Because you talked about with the Buccaneers missing pieces on offense, it's very easy to say that, yeah, we can overcompensate with the wide receiver room because it's the deepest and the best in the NFL. But uh, Chris Godwin, kind of a question mark. And, and that leads us to the question that is the title of this week's episode. Is Chris Godwin going to play in week 10? Now, as far as number 14 goes, it's been kind of foggy. Uh, he did not practice on Wednesday and Thursday. He's been dealing with a foot injury. He was limited on Friday, but he did get some work in. He was seen out there wearing a helmet, running around, doing some stuff. Bruce Arians came out and said he'll be a game-time decision. But I'll be honest, I think the fact that he got any work in this week at all is a great sign for him popping up limited on Friday. But uh, what are your thoughts? Like, do you think Chris Godwin is, you know, we can give him the benefit of the doubt this week and you think he's going to go out there and get it done or... Are the Buccaneers going to be squaring off against Washington and the number 32 ranked pass defense without Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin, which could lead to a really big week for, uh, you know, a guy like Tyler Johnson, too? You know, in, in the case of this with foot injuries, too, you know, we've talked about it, right? With like skill position players, uh, hamstrings, feet injuries, these things can really affect you. So I'm going to say I think Chris Godwin I'm 50-50 on it, man, but right. I, I think I'm going to say that he's going to go, but I don't think that he is going to get a ton of, he's not going to play as much as he usually plays, I think. Right. The last they may time, have him on a snap count. The last time the Buccaneers played Washington, which of course was that super wild card weekend in 2020, I remember Chris Godwin came out of the gate in this one and uh, he had a case of the dropsies for like yeah. one of the only times in his career. And that was a big focal point of this game. And then he finally ended up in the in the end zone against Washington. So he was able to overcome it a little bit. But, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I, I really do hope he's able to get out there, not only for the sake of my fantasy team, but Chris Godwin is one of those guys where, like, I, a lot of people are going to say it's Antonio Brown. And when they're all healthy, maybe you can make a case for Antonio Brown. And I know Mike Evans also is is one touchdown away from tying Mike Allstott for the all-time touchdown record in Buccaneers franchise history. But I think Chris Godwin is low-key, like, the best wide receiver on this team. He continually makes catches that just shouldn't be possible. Like, I don't know what it is about CG, but the way he plays football, he's going to get paid a hell of a lot of money if it's not from Tampa at the end of the season and they give him the franchise tag for the second year in a row. But, um, you know, that'd be a big loss for this offense. And I know that as we kind of take a look at the game and some of the matchups involved, it's not going to be a huge loss for this offense, because as I mentioned, I still think there's plenty of weapons for, you know, Tom to go out there and get it done. I think as long as Tom Brady is playing his best football, which we know he can play, um, you know, it could be a pretty good day for this offense as well. But yeah, or, or, by the way, quick $5 super chat from Bree D in the live chat. Thank you so much. Really do appreciate it. it says she's just looking forward to the uh, watch party this weekend, which, by the I, way, we have talked about it a couple of times to this point. But November 14th, this Sunday, the next time we talk to you guys after this podcast, 
It'll be the pregame show for the Buccaneers versus the Washington football team this Sunday, November 14th. Get your ass down to Berry House Beer Company right outside of Ybor City. Our guys, Wing Box Food Truck, are going to be hooking it up, bringing some serious flavor and uh, really looking forward to getting out there and just getting set up, man. Like we're, we're two days away and I'm, I'm getting a little anxious, you know, but I'm, I'm a little really nervous, right? Just a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I bought some really expensive equipment because everybody wanted to charge me just as much to rent it. So I just bought my own and I'm excited to, you know, really go out here and, and get our feet wet with this. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun, man. It, it's going to be a good time hanging out. Watching some Buccaneers football together, that's what it's all about, right? Is at the end of the day, all watching together as a community and, and getting together and cheering for the same team. That's oh, what it's all about, man. For you know? sure. Let's, um, che- let's check in the live chat really quickly. Just a couple of opinions here about the game. Tony Saylor, Tony Baloney, uh, he says, Tyler Johnson's time to shine. Cannot let another NFC least opponent think they have a chance at a W like those pathetic E-girls. And then uh, Emily Kampa also says, am I the only person who has confidence in Tyler Johnson? Not only Tyler Johnson, but another wide receiver to keep an eye on this week who had himself one hell of a touchdown against New Orleans. Carter Walker brings it up. Surreal Grayson could have a big time play this week. So, you know, guys like Tyler Johnson are easy to look at. But really, when you look at what's left in that wide receiver room, aside from a guy like Mike Evans, still seems like there's plenty of playmaker ability in there. I mean, Jalen Darden, right? I mean, that dude, I mean, I expect him to get some playing time. Um, You know, we talked about, you know, the Bucs adding both a wide receiver and a tight end, you know, Brashad Perriman and Darren Fells, who, you know, both these guys have experience in a Bruce Arians, Byron Leftwich offense. Well, Bruce Arians offensive system in the case of Darren Fells, um, Bruce Arians, Byron Leftwich offense in the case of Brashad Perriman. So, you know, I mean, those guys might get some more playing time. I don't know how much of an impact they would make considering, you know, they've been hanging out with Tom Brady for what, like two days. Right. So that, that's going to be a little bit more interesting, but Hey, Cyril, what was he going to say? I was just going to say, you know, talking about Brashad Perryman, I know he was on the roster for a little bit longer at this point, but the last time we saw him really break out for this Buccaneers team was when Chris Godwin was missing in action. It started with that, uh, or Detroit game towards the end of the season. He had like two touchdowns that day. I think it was like his dad's birthday or his birthday or something like that too. His dad played for the lions and he had his best career game ever against the lions. And then after that, I mean, he was pretty much Tampa's number one wide receiver for those last few weeks of the season. If you remember Jameis's 30 for 30 campaign, Uh, that game against the Falcons, that one insane touchdown catch that he had, where Jameis just kind of threw it up on a prayer, and I didn't expect Perryman to come down with it, but that was right before the end of the first half. You remember you remember that, uh, that highlight reel there. that he put together? You were at that game? I was at that game. I saw Jameis Winston's lot. I'll never forget it. Uh, I was with, actually, our friend Billy from Owen the Sea uh, here on YouTube. Uh, me and him were there um, yeah, watching man. the game. But, um, no, I love Brashad Perryman, and I, and I think that, like, stretch of, like, what was it, five, six games where Mike Evans and Chris Godwin weren't available, right? Pretty much. Mike Evans, a... I think, was shut down for the year. Um, right. And Chris Godwin was was still going. I remember he I, – I think he got some action in that Detroit game, but he either got hurt in that game or the week after, <laughs> and uh, he ended up missing the last handful of games. But I just remember Brashad Perryman stepping up, and really a lot of people doing a 180 – with their opinions on him, because you remember that first half of the season, the targets that he did get were not that great. So, uh, you know, it was good for him to kind of have a little bit of a, uh, 
a revival arc there towards the end of the season. Yeah, you know, and I'm and I'm happy for Brashad Perriman, right? I was a fan of his whenever he was signed to Tampa. I was happy he got his opportunity whenever Jameis was here in his last year. Yeah. Um, now they brought him back, right? I, I really think that, you know, he was with Detroit and Chicago this year, right, on and off. Um, and, and I think that now he's he's back in, like, in my opinion, his rightful place, I think. Sure. You know, back, you know, especially with all the – rules they have now to practice squads where you can have veterans on there now I, I think it's a really good move to make so um they've added him and then darren fells you know the guy's like solid veteran tight end 35 years old i think um for everybody watching though you know don't expect a big receiving day from darren fells i think not too much because he's never been that type of guy no in I, well his i would career. Think- I would also think if anything, you know, we're looking at the game this week against Washington. I'm looking at OJ Howard for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, A a guy who started to slowly, but surely start to gain his confidence back. He hasn't put together a, uh, a blockbuster game by any means, but a couple of catches every single week, I think is a really good sign for, you know, your first round tight end, but uh, OJ Howard could have a big week this week. Uh, That's a face that I'd like to see get a little more involved. If you can't find those, uh, fringe reserve receivers that are out there, hopefully trying to make some plays too. Right. It'll be interesting. I mean, I, I feel like now basically Tom Brady with the receivers he has going into the Washington game, if Chris Godwin doesn't play it's about where he was at in, in his last year in new England, right. In terms of the wide receiver talent, he still has, I mean, he still has Mike with, Evans, with Mike though. Evans. Right. Yeah. Like he with, still with, has with a uh, perennial hall of famer, by the way, because right. uh, Mike Evans, I think is going to play his, 150th career game tomorrow mm-hmm. or 115th it was like mm-hmm. one of those i'd have to find it again but uh basically i mean he's one touchdown away from the franchise record we had mentioned that and i believe he is also one of only like five other wide receivers in the league to have i think over 8000 passing or receiving yards at this point and over this many touchdowns. I'd have to look it up, but uh, he is without a doubt on a Hall of Fame pace. So, yeah, we can say that even though this uh, this wide receiver room has dwindled down to the reserves, and that's if Chris Godwin does not play, it, you still have Mike Evans. You still got Mike right? Evans. So. <laughs> right? Like, come on. And, and this is My- uh, one of the worst secondaries in the league, so I think it could be a big day for whoever is going to be your featured number one. Mike Evans, you know, 300 yards, four tutties. Right. Just right. Book it, well, you know? we, we talked about this. I, I mean, I know Tony Baloney in the live chat is not a very big Mike Evans fan. He says that he is, but it, some other comments he has made prove to me that he is not. But I, I mean, Mike Evans is poised to have his biggest week of the season. And I hope that it happens at the watch party with Tony Baloney there in person. And we can just sit there and cheer for Mike Evans all afternoon. That's what I hope happens. For sure. Right. For I, sure. I'm looking forward to it. Let's, uh, Let's go ahead and take a look at uh, the injury situation for Washington before we talk a little bit more about this game. So ruled out for the football team, wide receiver Curtis Samuel with a groin injury, cornerback Benjamin St. Juiced, I think I said that correctly, with a concussion, and then uh, defensive end Montez Sweat is going to be missing a couple of weeks with a broken jaw. That's pretty tough. And then uh, questionable for them is wide receiver Deami Brown with a knee injury, Offensive tackle Sam Cosme with an ankle injury and tight end Samus Reyes with a hip injury. And other than that, I mean, they're also missing what they had hoped would be their starting quarterback by this time of the season in Ryan Fitzpatrick. 
that would have been a pretty fun contest because in that wide receiver room for Washington, they've also got former Buccaneer legend Adam Humphreys. So like Fitz to Humphreys against the Bucks would have been a little nostalgic, and that would have been a matchup I like to see. But, you know, Taylor Heineke's back there, and, and truthfully, I think that's a guy who is still in the process of trying to trying to earn that contract that he got signed after that playoff game. But, you know, he, he's proven to be a guy who could give Tampa Bay some problems. He has the blueprint of one of those QBs who can make some things happen in the pocket, a little bit extra curricular activity back there, and he could give Tampa Bay some problems. But, you know, other than that, on paper, even though the Bucks are injured, you still got a lot of injuries on the Washington side of things. And, and people wanted to talk about that defense, but – you know, their secondary being dead last and, and that big impressive front four that they have, not only dealing with injuries, but not getting to the quarterback as good this season as they were in 2020, it, it, it kind of looks like a one-sided matchup for the Bucks. Yeah, well, you know, you never want to count any team out. I mean, this Washington football team was in the playoffs last year, you sure. know, and they didn't sure and they didn't really lose. I think many guys and ironically enough too. I mean, heck, even the quarterbacks, the same, you know, Taylor Heineke, the bucks can't shake Taylor Heineke. Heck the Washington football team can't shake Taylor Heineke, uh, you know, and they're trying. Uh, so it's, I think it'll be, I'm not, I don't believe in whatever it is, trap games, right. Where it's like, Oh, you know, cause I don't think teams generally underestimate each other well evan like that. evan also has that rule where like it can't technically be a trap game if they don't have anything to look forward to after that week right like if you're right. playing a shitty opponent and then the week after that you're also playing a shitty opponent like what is there to look forward to you know it, it's not like right. you can it's not like you can sweep these guys under the rug if there's not a bigger batter team waiting for you next week which i do not think is the case right now right and i just think like whenever you're looking at like accountability and stuff like that like guys just wouldn't allow other guys to think like that. Oh, I would hope. Yeah. I would I, hope. You know, we talked about penalties and I'm going to talk about that as we get into the game preview, but there are certain things that I think this football team is totally like just far beyond, you know, and, and when it comes to looking past opponents for that week, I definitely think that's not an issue for this team. Hmm. Yeah. So, but anyway, yeah, it's going to be, I think it'll be a good game, fine game. I, I think it will be, more interesting than what people may be led to believe. You know, I don't think it's going to be like an insane blowout. You know, I obviously give, you know, I would give the Buccaneers the advantage here, of course. I mean, I've got the Bucs winning by uh, multiple possessions, but I don't know if, if blowout is the term I would look for. You look at what they've given us right. so far this season with the amount of points that they have put up on teams. You know, the Miami game, 38 to uh, whatever it was, and then 38 to 3. I'm sorry, they put up more than 38 points against they put Miami. Up, I think like 45. Yeah, it was like 45 Miami. or 47. It was 38 to 3 against Chicago. I mean, there's been plenty of blowouts so far this season. So right. this could be one, but I guess it just depends on uh, what kind of shape Washington's defense shows up in. Right. And that's going to be an interesting thing, right? You know, because the defense for them has regressed massively since that playoff game. My gosh, especially <laughs> the pa the pass rush, the secondary, just the entirety of it. Yeah. You know? Um, and it's, and it's interesting, be, more interesting because of the fact of, like you said, like Montez sweat is hurt, but aside from that, Chase Young's still rolling out there. Yeah. You know, yeah, he's still a those, stud. you know, those big body defensive tackles that they have, they're still going out there. Not really many of their quarterbacks have changed. So it's just been a regression, I think in the, in whatever Washington's doing over there. 
Um, but still, like I said, you can't really count a team out. You can't count them out. So we'll see. Yeah. Taking a look at some more things happening this weekend for the Buccaneers on the offensive side of the ball. I know we talked about the wide receiver room. I don't know if this is going to be the best week to run the ball, but I'm very curious to see what kind of pace these guys can pick up after leaving off from the bye week. It wasn't the night to run the ball against New Orleans, but to say that, you know, this run game hasn't been effective in some of these wins so far this season would just be a lie. So I'd like to see them continue to, you know, try and give the load to at least one of those guys. I think Leonard Fournette will probably get a little bit more carries, but I'm curious to see where this run game is left off and if they can really get anything going this week. Cause I think, you know, this Washington defense may or may not be a good team to do it against. Yeah. Well, that's going to make the Darren Fells signing so much more important. I think, because yeah. like I said earlier, you know, Darren Fells, he might not get a receive a lot of receiving opportunities, but what's going to be important, I think is his blocking ability. He's a really good blocking tight end. He's been doing that for years in the league. It's one of the reasons why he still has, you know, a you know, career as long as he has in the NFL is because of his blocking ability. So I think that's going to be really helpful if you have him and OJ Howard out there um, on certain running situations. I think it could really, really help a guy like Leonard Fournette um, continue what has really been a good stretch of play minus the Saints game, but that wasn't really his fault um, to keep some good continuity. Um, and, and I think have a pretty decent game overall. Yeah. Another thing that I'm going to be looking at, and I think this is probably the most important thing throughout the rest of the season. I, I took a look at the schedule and I'll be honest with you. It kind of shocked me that we only have eight games left. Like it's a 17 game season. Eight games is half a season, a little under half a season now, but mm-hmm. you know, I looked at the fridge schedule that I got at the beginning of the year from like Dunkin Donuts. I don't even remember where I got it, but there's more games behind us than there are in front of us. And that's kind yeah. of, that's kind of a revelation. You know, I didn't realize the season was going by that fast, but since we are at this point in the season, I'll just go ahead and say it. This team has to fix their penalties. They have to, I know that the officiating has been absolute garbage. I, I mean, let's face it. All the headlines write themselves with how terrible this officiating has been throughout the course of the season, but it doesn't matter. The refs are going to be shit every single week. Uh, Look at Devin White, a guy who unfortunately got hit with a lot of fines after the New Orleans game between his taunting call and then uh, I guess the unnecessary roughness on the horse collar. He got fined for that, too, even though it wasn't a goddamn horse collar. Um, You know, but cleaning up the penalties is going to be so integral because the Bucs are still one of the top teams in the league with penalties. Like, when has a Tom Brady football team ever been top five by the end of the season and still actually put together a winning season. So it's not as much of a surprise that the Bucs are playing winning football with the amount of penalties that they have. It's just as much of a surprise that they haven't cleaned those penalties up, man, because I thought it was going to be, you know, a beginning of the season thing. I didn't think it was going to be the entire first half of the season that we would be talking about disciplinary action for these players out here. But Something has to kick in this week, and and with a team like Washington, there really isn't a whole lot of excuses out there as to why they shouldn't be able to go out there and and try to execute as clean of a game as they possibly can. Yeah, you know, in regards to Devin White first, you know, Levante David, I think it came out and said, you know, hey, we had a conversation about that, a personal conversation, whatever it may be, um, about Devin White's penalties, and Mm -hmm. 
yeah, you know, the discipline of this team has been in question. And I'm not usually a guy who sits there and says, oh, come on, man, what are the refs doing? You know, I understand that. You know, I do understand that line of thinking. I just don't really do it. But now, I mean, even, even if you are, you know, sitting there and blaming the refs, you only do that so much, right? Sure. Well, uh, because, you know, in every game this season, there has been a call, which is is kind of insane when you think about, you know, just the uh, the rate at which these things happen. If I would have made a statement like this 10 years ago, even when the replacement refs were still around, it still probably would have been baffling. But I would say that there has been a call in every single game this season, including the wins, that probably could go back, be reviewed, and overturned because it was just the wrong call or it was unnecessary, or it was, mm. you know, whatever the case may be. There's been a lot of that this season, but to an extent, it just doesn't matter. There, there are still preventable things that this team is out here doing. Yeah, and I just checked right now, by the way, after the bye week, uh, the Bucks are uh, number 10 in okay. penalties. I, I Honestly, I thought they were still, like, top five. So I'm glad yeah. to see that they are, you know, floating around the outside of the top 10, but still for a six and two football team, that's just way too many penalties. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you also got to consider they did have the week off, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, <right? laughs> so uh, they're and they're still top 10, you know, and I, granted some of these other teams above them had the week off as well. Like the Cowboys, they're number five and they had a, a bye week. So that's, you know, also some things to consider, but you know, man, we've seen it right. Where it's like, these drive extending penalties in these right. drive killing penalties that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have are so stinking infuriating sometimes. Uh, and it, it makes it more difficult for them to win. Just point blank simple as that. You're not going to win a game uh, if you keep on shooting yourself in the foot like that. So they, they do have to get better. Absolutely have to get better, you know, just, just all around it. And, and like you said, it's not really one specific group, I think, or one specific guy, maybe Devin white gets penalized, penalized a little bit, but I mean, the only time I've noticed it is just from that saints game where he got a couple penalties. It's, it's generally just been a, a, I think a whole team, you know, uh, contribution to that number. So yeah, there it needs to be more accountability there. There's needs to be more, I don't even I don't even want to say discipline, but just accountability, I think, is a good word from the coaching staff and really from the players to each other of saying, hey, uh, we're not going to win games like this, guys. So let's let's get it together. And thankfully, a guy like Levante David, you know, being the guy that he is, went to Devin White and showed that accountability, which I think is huge. That's how you fix it. And I think the accountability on this team is obviously. You know, it speaks to how far they've come from from where they've been there were so many times where over the last five years we were screaming at our tv saying where is the accountability why are these guys not you know owning up to their mistakes or what they are or aren't doing well and that's because it it took them a little while to put their egos aside and now that they're a championship winning football team you don't really have to worry about egos running the locker room but you know another thing for this bucks team as we come away from the bye week i think we should mention I think the Bucks probably had the best possible bye week they could have had. I mean, obviously it would have been nice if, um, you know, San Francisco was able to buck up and win their game. But as we look at the scoreboard for week nine, right, Atlanta getting the job done against New Orleans. So they gave 
the Saints a division loss a week after they beat us. So the Buccaneers still in firm grasp of first place in the NFC South for right now. And then I, a couple of other upsets. Cleveland absolutely shellacking Cincinnati. I know that's an AFC matchup, but uh, Miami was able to beat Houston. And then the Bills lost to Jacksonville, another pair of AFC teams. But Baltimore was able to beat Minnesota. Dallas got their ass whooped by Denver. So another NFC team that took a loss. Uh, the Giants, I believe, beat the Vegas Raiders, which, again, the Vegas Raiders are an AFC team. But, you know, it seems like everybody that the Buccaneers needed to lose this week or last week basically lost. And I don't. You know, aside from the 49ers winning their game, which would have been nice, the Bucks still came out pretty, pretty good shape. Yeah, the Packers lost. The yeah. Saints lost. Um, the Did the Rams lose? Yeah, the Rams lost, right? Yes, they did. Yeah, the Titans beat the Rams. Yeah, I mean, they beat down the Rams, <laughs> you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, besides the Cardinals, which, you know... Okay. Um, everybody that needed to lose in terms of playoff seedings for the Bucks lost, which was good. That's yeah, the, the good Bucks, news, you know. They went from what, like the fifth seed to the third? I, they I were think. the fourth. I think they went from the fourth to the third, but now they're like in position to get the second seed, basically. Yeah. You know? And not, so honestly, it, none of anything that happened in week nine is going to matter unless the Bucks go out there and win this week. But again, you look at the situation you're given, and I don't think the Bucks could have been given any better of a situation. So, you know, being able to win the bye week is is also a pretty good feeling, too. Yeah, you know, and Richard in the chat said, don't forget the Rams got beat by a Derrick Henry-less Titans. That is true. Yeah. They did just get some reinforcements on the offensive side of the football. And that rattled them so bad, they went out and signed Odell Beckham Jr., which, by the way, I'm so glad that we're not sitting here having a conversation about whether or not he's going to be a Buck. I think that's... I think it's partially why I waited an extra day to jump on here and do a podcast because I wanted to make sure OBJ didn't sign with Tampa because that was also a, a hot rumor this week, was it not? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I had talked about it. A lot of people had talked about it. But, you know, Rhett, it was interesting to see the reactions because I actually did a poll on my community tab and I had said, you know, hey, um, do you want the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to sign? Odell Beckham and I and I just remember the response here out of 1,300 votes 61 percent said no good yeah which I, I don't I, want that guy on this team either well which I thought was a breath of fresh air considering you know what happens whenever teams release star players I mean and it happens with every fan base everybody goes we should get them you know and the Bucks fan base is no different and that's fine you know I understand wanting as many good players as you can get but it was it was interesting to see that shift because, you know, Odell Beckham is Odell Beckham. <laughs> right. Well, I'll tell you one thing that I'm really glad is that at least for this season, it seems like the Rams have taken over the identity of the team who's really going in with everything they have. Balls to the wall and free agency, right? They got Vaughn Miller, OBJ, a couple of other great pieces. I mean, you still got Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald on that defense. They went out and got Matt Stafford. You know, they're making all of these moves happen. Deshaun Jackson happened. It didn't shake out he leaves but you know that's okay they get his replacement and a guy like Odell Beckham Jr but they are now the team that everybody is like oh you know whenever a player gets cut now the first team that everybody's going to say is the Rams well he's going to go to the Rams it's almost like the uh uh what's the word you know the shiny new the the, I, the new car effect I guess is what I'll say it 
the the shiny newness of the approach that Tampa Bay took has finally started to rub off on other teams. And now it seems like the Rams are at the forefront of that annoying conversation of, you know, NFL super teams. And I think that just it gives the Bucks every reason to kind of put their heads down and continue to focus on getting better every week. We don't need all of these free agents to be better than we are now. Yeah, I mean, they, trust me, they, I think Bruce Arians had said it best. You know, he said recently, he said, look, I mean, you, you know, we, we already have AB, you know, yeah. we don't need OBJ, you know, and there's sometimes you can have too many stars, you know. Um, so it's, it's an interesting, it was an interesting situation. I'm, you know, I'm not going to say, you know, I, I think, you know, it would have been interesting to see OBJ on the box, but it seems like they would have, they were never considering it was the point. You know, they, they were never considering it. I guess it just depends on who you ask. You know, everybody on Twitter has their own sources now. So some people were out here reporting that uh, it was going to happen. And the only thing stopping them is, uh, I guess, the money or whatever. It seemed like a pretty blanket report from the ones that I saw tweeting it out. But, you know, you never know. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. We can sit here and talk about what ifs all day. But the fact of the matter is Odell Beckham is not a buck. And, uh... I think I think things are better that way. Yeah, I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, they will be good. You know, they'll yeah. they'll be fine. They're still six and two with all the guys they have now. Everything's good, man. But another thing that I think was interesting, Rhett, um, which I did tell you I wanted to talk about this before we started the show, was another NFC South division rival made a move. Oh yeah, quarterback position. Which is just so, uh, what? Cam Newton's back with Panthers, man. Yeah, so basically, uh, the Panthers got rid of Cam Newton. They signed his replacement. And then they got rid of his replacement to bring in his replacement's replacement. And then he got hurt. So now they brought in Cam Newton to replace his replacement's replacement. Are, are you following me here? Yeah. <laughs> so just long story legit- short, busted up Cam Newton is back in Carolina. And I cannot wait to play him weeks uh what 16 and 18 uh, that should be a good pair of games right there i think so yeah it, it just it looks foolish on the part of the panthers right for them to it's like why don't you just keep cam then and, well it's the same know. staff that drove him out of town right it, right it's the same gm that made it clear that they wanted to move in another direction and then you know just like the thanos meme they couldn't live with their own failure where did it bring them right back to where they started in cam newton so, yeah so i mean it, it is it, it's just interesting you know, coming out of the Bucks bye week, going into this game versus Washington, you know, some of the NFC opponents that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had made a couple of moves there. You know, Panthers got Cam Newton back. Rams got OBJ. You know, there's kind of an arms race here a little bit. I mean, more so the Rams than the Panthers, but you get what I mean. It's, it's just interesting to see what's going on uh, with some of the teams that the Buccaneers are going to be competing with here in a very crucial second half of the uh, season there. <laughs> yeah man uh checking in on the live chat really quickly richard t says that the rams can probably go out and sign willie steam and beam and and uh rudy as well from the movie rudy there you go you, yeah you've seen rudy right yeah i have oh all-time great man frank g says uh howdy i'm here the show can start now amazement says he'll be at the game fella sorry you gotta miss the watch party have a shot for me oh it's all good hey it, that's the only excuse i think we've said it before the only excuse for missing the game or missing the watch party this weekend at Barry House is if you're going to physically be in Washington at the game. So there you go, man. Have yourself a great time and uh, go Bucks. Looking forward to it. But for sure. With that being said, man, I-, I know it was kind of a shorter episode this week. We didn't exactly break down the game at the depth that we normally do, but that's what's going to happen when you're missing one of your starters. Evan Wanish down for the count. 
hopefully he should be good to go. Still a game time decision for the watch party, but uh, that's just about going to do it for this week's episode of the Cannon Fire podcast. Thank you. Uh, thank you guys so much for checking us out live on YouTube today. Any of our viewers in the live chat, Emily Compa, our buddy Frank G. Um, trying to think of who else. Pete from Bucks UK was able to stop in for a little bit. I think Adam was in here too. Frank G, Russ Weeks, Richard T, Amazement 717, Mary Atkinson, Carter Walker. Yeah, Adam Davies from Bucks UK was also in here. David, anybody else that I may have missed. Thank you guys once again for checking out this week's show. Subscribe to the channel if you have not already. Plenty of great Buccaneers content throughout now or between now and, of course, throughout the course of the regular season. And uh, all year long, it doesn't stop at the end of the regular season. Into the offseason, we got plenty of great Bucks content all year round. We need to do, uh, well, I've got James here, man. We got to do another Buried Bucks treasure soon. I, I don't know. We got oh, to sure. start scoping out some more places. Bring it back, man, for sure. For sure, got to bring it back. Oh, yeah. And if you guys want, you can check out James and his channel right here on YouTube at Mr. Bucks Nation. Daily uploads, anything you need to know about the Bucks, news, signings, and more. Uh, he's got you covered. He is the man on the spot. Check out the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show and, of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can normally follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, but Evan is not here, so I'm not going to plug his social media. Follow myself on Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. But uh, that's just about going to do it, folks. Thank you once again for checking out this week's of the this week's episode of the Cannon Fire podcast brought to you by your good friends over at BetOnline.ag. The next time we talk to you, it will be Sunday morning, little after 12 o'clock noon. We will be live from Berry House Beer Company for the pregame show. Buccaneers versus Washington football team live from the Cannon Fire watch party. It should be a really great time. Looking forward to getting you guys out there. I'm going to get you the info here in just a second. I got to get the address. You know what I'm saying? Get the street address so I can make sure these people know where they're going. I don't want to lead anybody the wrong way or give you any bad directions. I just need to find the flyer that has the address on it. This is the anticipation now as I scroll through my phone and look for the flyer that I made five months ago for the watch party, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, tell you what, I, I, I can say this. Um, Brett, thanks for having me on. Greatly appreciate it. You know, I'm like a game manager quarterback, right? You know, I'll get, I'll get us through a stream. You know, yeah, you'll uh, you'll get the job done. Yeah, and then also, um, stay tuned on my channel, guys, because I will be having a uh, hopefully an announcement coming up soon for a special project I'll be working on. Oh hell yeah, um, I'm very excited to hear about that. Yeah, so stay tuned for that, guys. So, Cannon Fire Watch Party, Tampa Bay versus Washington, Sunday, November fourteenth, fourteen zero three East Fifth Avenue, Tampa, Florida. Party starts at 12 p.m. Local brews, the best chicken wings you have ever had in your life, and of course, Buccaneers football. James will be out there. Myself will be there. Evan should be there, and uh, some more of the Cannon Fire family as well. Really looking forward to it, guys. We will talk to you then. I am your host, Rhett Matthews, signing off from my co-host, James Hill. We'll talk to you guys this Sunday, right before the game, live from Barry House. It should be a good one. Thanks once again for checking out this week's episode of the Cannon Fire podcast presented by betonline.ag. We'll talk to you guys on Sunday. Until then, and as always, go Bucks. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.